Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Lulu, how are you, boy? Oh, Lyra, it's just incredible. I, listen to you. know you remind me of a white Rihanna. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Thanks, Louis. And I really, really appreciate it. I mean, you need new management. Well, you're best friends with Caroline, so I don't think she's going to be very happy to hear that. Caroline is making a huge mistake. She's concentrating too much on Hosier. It's all about Hosier. I can't wait for Caroline to hear that. He reminds me of an Asian Rihanna. Oh, wow. (laughs) Asian. (laughs) Sorry, I've lost it. Do you know what? My special guest on this episode is a real character, a breath of fresh air, a larger-than-life personality, a total gem, I would say. Uh, And that would be an understatement. Lyra, L-Y-R-A, is one of Ireland's fastest-rising stars in the music industry. Her music is featured on Love Island, Grey's Anatomy, X Factor and RTE's Striking Out. She's performed on TV shows such as Dancing with the Stars and Ireland's Got Talent. And get this, she's just back from London, having opened for Pink in Hyde Park. Um, she's also incredibly good crack, very, very funny, and also very real, which is the kind of person I love. She was a real breath of fresh air, and I really enjoyed this chat with Lyra. My dad kills me for saying this, so I was like, baby, you're a very intelligent girl. I was like, dad, I absolutely wasn't. I had to do pass Irish, pass maths. I was shocked. At music class is the only class that I was absolutely great at. Mm. And it was the place where I felt like I wasn't the thickest person in the room, basically. Yeah. And I used to get very anxious going to the studio because I used to be nervous about my voice, loud and my voice, the diction shocking and I don't pronounce my THs and I can't sing my THs either. So I used to get very nervous about it all the time. So I was like, right, so I'm going to have to say no. Now that I'm past the point of when I wrote it, when I was angry at him for what he'd done to me, and now I feel like it's his life, it's his choice, and if that's what he thought about me, that's what he thought about me, and I don't want to be mean to him, but now the song's already written, so I'm like, sorry about that. That was when I was angry with you. Now I'm happy with you, so don't listen to it. Do not miss my full chat with the wonderful Lyra. That's coming up right after we take a look at the week. And I mean, there's really only one story in town, wouldn't you? Say, and I mean, as you'd expect, the week was all about RTE and Ryan Tuberty. Here's Miriam. What's she got to say? Hello, good evening, and welcome to Prime Time. Well, look, uh, RTE salaries tonight. Have we gone too far in castigating RTE's top talent? I'm joined by our hardest working top talent, Brandon O'Connor, <laughs> Joe Duffy, and Miriam. Ray Darcy. Oh, yeah. Brandon O'Connor, how yeah. tough is it in here? You know, you get a lot of hassle and for the back-breaking work you okay. have to do in here. So, and, uh, how uh, how hard is it? What kind of stuff do you have to do? You'd have to flick through the papers on a Saturday morning. Every paper? Yeah, every paper, even the Daily Mail. Oh God, that's hard. Yeah. And Saturdays and Sundays, like. Do you not even get overtime, Brendan? No, no, you have to work those two mornings a week, so, and two hours each morning. For how much money? 241 grand a year. Oh, God. Okay, hi, Joe Duffy. Hi, Miriam. You really have a nightmare um, job in here, don't you? Yeah, I'm listening to people's problems for over 20 years now, Miriam. 20, 20 years, yeah. God, what if there's nothing to talk about? What can you and do? And it's even harder when, when there's nothing to talk about. You yeah. have to whip up the fear yourself and make stuff up, which is, which is you know, you, it's very hard for, 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 for one man to do on his own. And how often are you meant to be doing this? Five days a week. Five days. For how, how much recompense? 351 <gasps> grand, Miriam. Okay, okay. Ray Darcy. Oh, you? You say they halved your salary. They took 50% of your salary mm-hmm. off you. What, mm-hmm. what are you down to now? <sighs> down to 250k. How can you live on that? Yep, and they had me running around the country doing 5k's to turn that. For the love of God. Introducing Shannon, Sharon Shannon. Sorry. It's okay. Sharon Shannon it's three, okay. four times a week, sometimes. Okay. Okay, okay. I can't take it anymore. No, it's, oh, it's okay, right? Listen, we'll leave it there, guys. Thanks a million yeah, for coming Mary. in. Maybe people thank out you, there would think twice. Thanks, Mary. Forecasting judgment. <sighs> These amazing, hard-working slaves. <sighs> How are you?
Oh, God. And this is going to run and run and run. The best drama that RTE have made in years, I would say. Let's get to this hilarious chat with Lyra. I'm so glad that the recording actually went ahead because it very nearly didn't. A scheduling mix-up meant I was sitting here in studio the day before uh, waiting for Lyra to walk in. But she was in England at the time, so obviously did not walk in. Anyway, that's where we kicked off our chat with Thankfully, which thankfully happened the following day. Lyra, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And I know that, yeah, I know you, you were, we were in England yesterday and we were supposed to do it yesterday. Was that it? And that was the one I was like, unless you're uh, getting me a private jet, I can't make it right now. And I was absolutely <laughs> mortified and ashamed of myself because I normally do not forget anything. Well, that's fantastic. And you were awake all last night on the air. I on, was, yeah. On the air. The anxiety just... got me. I was like, I can't miss it again. So it was like four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. And I was like, just get up, girl. Well, you're here now. I'm here. And I'm delighted you're here. I'm and sure. you're from Cork and I adore Cork and I went to school in Cork. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. And uh, I, last Friday and Saturday night, I played to two full houses in the Cork Opera House. Oh, that venue is amazing. Yeah. And that you got to do two nights down there. Yeah. I'm so gel. I yeah. will get there one day. Oh, God. Tell the me your tricks. It's lovely. It's the opera gorgeous, house. isn't it? Do funny voices. Do funny voices. I'm that's, not that's, great, that, that, I only have this that's, one, and people that's how think you that's fill out the opera house. Literally, when I start singing, and I'm like a banshee, and then I start talking, <laughs> people are like, "What in the name of God's going on with that girl?" Maybe you should start wise? singing as Michael D. Higgins, and that will probably get that's to the opera the house. That's the one. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, yeah. the one. I want to ask you all about your career and um, the, the the birth of your career and how you got into it and everything. But first of all, I, I want to actually just pursue the thing about Cork. Uh, I mean, I presume you're a proud Cork woman. Of course I am. If I wasn't, I'd be absolutely crucified. <laughs> and, and it also lends to your individuality and independence, yeah. doesn't it? Massively. I've asked a couple of people before about this, but, but, but try and tell me, what is it about Cork? There is an otherness there, isn't there? There is. You know what? I think it's because everyone in Cork, we're so loyal to each other. It's like you're born into this cult this is like Cork cult, basically, right? The CCs. <laughs> they call us the rebels. I'm going to rename it now, the Cork yeah. cult. I don't know. It's just the whole nature of being brought up there and everyone always seems to have each other's back, even though you don't bloody know each other. Like you mm. walk down the street, everyone's like, oh yeah, how's it going? Hi, hi. And like, it's just this lovely environment. So I suppose we just become proud of our own from the start. Yes. And it grows like, on you. Well, uh, for the first time ever, when I was doing the shows down there this weekend, I brought my son down and he's 15. So he's at that, he's nearly 16. So he's at that kind of funny age, you know. And he's there like, he, he couldn't wait to see Cork because in his mind it was like this other Dublin. Yeah. Another place. Mm-hmm. Another place that was nearly as big as Dublin or like it. And when he got in, he was just going, it's the exact same as Dublin, except there's no... There's no, there's no, like, people aren't being awful to each other or, 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 or everything. Everybody was being really friendly and everything. And it, when he kind of put it to me like that, it was, it was, it was sort of true. There was a really good vibe in town. Yeah. Um, even at night, people, you know, having quit drinks on the street, but there was no sense of a dodginess or, to me anyway, do you yeah. know what I mean? It was, it was, it was chilled. Well, I'm very proud that I'm from Cork now after you saying that. Yeah. And well done on my fellow Cork people. And when I was down in Cork as well, it was like, you know, uh, they they love nothing more than hearing about themselves. So mm. I was there saying, you know, a lot of questions I get asked when I go down to Cork are like, who's your favourite character to do? And I go, it depends on, on who, where I am. You know, so I said, actually, I do so many Cork characters that I actually divide them all up into schools. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, so like I even, I have so many Cork characters, like for example, uh, I think it was Colosh the Spirit Knave. And it was like, John Spillane, John Spillane, I'm brilliant, I'm unbelievable, Mario Rosenstock thinks he's brilliant, but nobody is more brilliant than me, or Lyra, I'm the curly-headed genius down by the lee. Or, or, or who else? Closh to Closh to Cree Street with Brandon O'Connor. That is good. Closh to Cree Street with Brandon O'Connor. Or Neil Prenderville went to North Mon. And nobody loves the sound of Neil Prenderville's voice more Very than posh. Neil Prenderville. Um, <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have a lady on from to- from Toker next who jumped off her own roof and she's suing herself. Oh. Uh, so all of those things. So I, I adore Cork. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. I'm yeah, literally yeah. loving it. Do you have Cork heroes yourself? Would you have any kind of gra for Roy Keane or Sonia Sullivan yeah, or well, people? Roy's a bit of a ride, isn't he? Let's not lie. Yeah. He is. Even in the day now, I'm like, yeah. I saw him at the airport for a couple of months ago and I was like, yeah, you still got it. You still got it, Roy. I mean, I wouldn't go near him. He'd probably bloody kill me. But uh, he's a bit of a rider. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, like, all the guys now coming up from, like, young offenders and stuff like that, they make me very proud to be Corp. Because, like, back in the UK, when I'm over there recording, they're like, so are you from where young offenders are from? I'm like, yeah. 
<laughs> I am. So like, I love them that they've kind of like bought Cork around the world. It's a very proud moment. Yes. It's really cool. Okay, Lyra, tell me how you, you are a very individual artist and tell me, yeah. and you're from Cork, Bandon, and yeah. tell me how did you, what, 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 how did you get into music? I suppose like, I suppose all of us artists say, sure, I've been singing since I came out of the womb. That kind of vibe. Yeah. But it kind of was... The only thing that I was good at growing up, I'm not going to lie, my dad kills me for saying this. So I was like, baby, you're a very intelligent girl. I was like, dad, I absolutely wasn't. I had to do pass Irish, pass maths. I was shocking. My French teacher hated me, even though she was also my geography teacher and she loved me in geography and she hated me in French. Love the way you say that. Geography. 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 Great at geography, even though I couldn't tell you where anywhere else in Ireland. Um, so I just suppose I was, music class is the only class that I was absolutely great at Mm. and it was the place where I felt like I wasn't the thickest person in the room basically so I really just Were you a performer? Yeah A little bit of a show off? Would you get up would you get up in front of the class? No, I'd be mortified. Like I'd be mortified doing that, but the second like the auditions for the plays would come on or stuff like that, like the second I was like in that spotlight, that's when I'd become it. But like if we were all in class and they're like, right, who's getting up next to sing? I wouldn't be the first person like me. Like mm. I'd be mortified like that. Mm-hmm. But um and then my sister is a great singer and you know she's older than me and I was always like in her shadow and I loved like doing harmonies for her and stuff yeah. like that. But it actually kind of was like when I decided to write songs is when I decided write. Yeah. If I can write and I like singing and I love performing, then I might as well give it a bloody go. So you're saying from an early point you, you had your eye on writing. Yeah, mm. I like used to write a bit with my sister when we were home and my dad basically is from Waterford. He's not from Cork. Can you believe it? Sorry, Lyra. I'm from Waterford. What? I'm from Waterford. He's from Portlaw. Well, I'm from beyond out the Kilcoan Park uh, there now, the oh girl. So out the old Tremor Road. I used to spend so Did many you summers down at Carrigan Shore. Does your father have a Waterford accent? No, Cork. Okay, but. Is ever when he goes back to Waterford, he gets a bit of a twang yeah. in him. So you and I have so much in common. I'm from so Waterford much. and I went to school in Cork and your dad is from Waterford. Yeah. Yeah, so I you, love writing songs, right. you were writing songs. So right. he used to go down to Waterford like quite a lot. So we used to like, make him like... He worked in the hospital, so he had this dictaphone thing. So we just write songs into it from that he could like play on the way down to Waterford, and that's kind of like how it started, small scale. And then my first song that I wrote, Emerald, I just decided I wrote it about my nan because she didn't have a clue what was going to be happening to me in the music industry. She was like, "God love her going into this industry. It's not a proper job. She needs to get a proper job." So I was like, "I'll write something for her." Cause she just thought I was down the road lashing out country roads in Caledonia, pieces <laughs> of art. Like she was like, "God bless her." So, I do love country roads, though. I love country yeah. roads. I do love that. Oh, what song. is it? That, that's the John Denver one. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Country road, take, take me, me home to the place I belong. Yeah, West yeah. Virginia. Great song. Yeah, great song. Great. Gets everyone going. Oh, I mean, you beautiful. start singing that and everyone's like, oh yeah, do you want a drink? And you're it's like, yeah. floor filler. Floor filler. Mm. Um, so, and then when I wrote that, I was like, right, I'm going to just pop it up online mm. and just see what people think. Yeah. Because I was like, what's the point in writing songs if I don't know whether people are going to like it? So almost this was it. your first drop into the public. Yeah. Emerald. Emerald. Mm. I'd like... No team, no nothing, just me. Yeah. And I put it up and it literally like went on fire. Did and it? I don't know how and yeah. I know like got called into loads of major record labels in the Did UK. You, on the back of that. On the back of that. So I went in by myself, met a lot of the head men by myself, sitting there like by oh, yourself. Well. Sure I was like half I have no team, I'm not gonna wait. So I wanted to go in and see what they thought or what what was what going on. What age were you when you were walking in these doors? Jesus. Probably was about Probably early 20s, actually. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like young, young. Mm. I didn't start right. extremely. Well, I did start. So you were able to get the, the plane over yourself. Yeah. And, and, and like I did start. I took a year out to look after my nan. I massively matured then and I kind of then restarted myself. So it's kind of been like a. Well, so you said your nan and, twice there. Was she really important to you? Oh, extremely. Yeah. She is. She's like. She was like a little Polly Pocket, but she was like the most fierce, loving woman in the world. And she was so strong and I loved her. And we used to go to her house every day after school. Like she reared us, basically. That that was the moral of the story. Um, so she, she meant an absolute the world to me. So getting her approval to be in the music industry was going to be this thing for me. Did she like Emerald? She did. She's like, oh, this has a nice air to it. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, bless your cotton socks. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's so when you walk to the, all these executives, and actually, that's 
one from the notes I've just been looking about you, something we can we can jump in there now, because one of the the interesting things that come from some of the quotes you 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 read was what music industry is like that you walk into a room and you're Lyra. Mm-hmm. But they don't see you as Lyra. They see you as a commodity that they can turn into something that sounds like and looks like something else that they know that's successful. Yeah. Isn't that it? Exactly. Tell me about that experience. So I like always say this kind of just like the box ticking industry. It's like everyone needs to be put in this box and it needs to be explained and they don't want anything wild, weird and wonderful. Well, at this point anyway. And um, it was just very much like, like you said, what's working we'll put you there let's see if it works for you kind of thing and I just I suppose I'm just not built to be in a box to be quite honest with you I'm some days I like to write ballads some days I like to write pop songs some days I like to write a bit more dance or music and like that's no no they were like you need a road and you need to go down it I'm like what if I want to go around around about 4,000 times how about that how about a bit of fun in life um so but this, is, but this is what you're talking about is is the crux of nearly everybody's yeah. life, whether they're an artist or not. Yeah, it's other people who want you to be things, or other people who are pigeonholing you into, you know, even if it's like you're a clever girl now, you should go off and be an accountant. Yeah, you know, they're pigeonholing you just because you're clever doesn't mean you should be accountant. Exactly, a clever person can be uh, can can be a songwriter. Yeah. Um. So so you were so you did you feel yourself pushing back on this? So at immediately the, at the start, I didn't. Like at the start, like I'm not going to turn around and be like, oh, I was wearing my big girl pants and I was like, ah, 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 that ain't me. I was like, right, well, these people know what they, yeah. you know what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm a young Joe Soap from Cork. These are people who've made pop stars. I should listen to mm-hmm. them and I should try it out. And I did. And I just felt so not me. And I used to get very anxious going to the studio because I used to be nervous about, you know, recording the demos because of my voice being loud and my voice, the diction shocking and I don't pronounce my THs and I can't sing my THs either. So I used to get very nervous about it all the time. So then after a while I was like, holy God, I can't, I, I just can't keep going. Like, you know, my career will come to an end because I will have to bow out because I'm so miserable. I was just... And you know, when you're going to the studio, you should be really enjoying it if this is your passion and this is what you've wanted to do for your entire life. So I was like, right, so I'm going to have to make the big move and and say no. And yeah. I, it was the scariest thing to ever do. Who do they want you to be? What were they trying to tell you? This mysterious, ethereal woman vibe so this is what it was it was like be dark be mysterious don't talk in between your songs be very moody um obviously pronounce my th's they get me to record the at the end to put them onto the songs and the demos so you'd hear the demo and i'm like jesus who's your one sounds great and they're like that's you and i'm like well i'm like that is not me and then i get up live and i'm like tip 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 and they're like what yeah so but even 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 in Things like the X Factor and all those things. Remember Louis Walsh and everything, yeah. right? What's her name? The um, oh yeah, so so a girl would come onto stage. Let's say call her. Let's say let's say Lyra. Somebody like Lyra might come on, right? And the first thing you hear, right, from the judges is, you know, you remind me of a young Lana Del Rey. <laughs> so all, and you're there like, hang on, I'm Lyra. It's Lana Del Rey, Mark too. <laughs> okay, can you sing really moody? And can you sing songs? Of, do you know? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you I love her. I love. I I really like her, Louis. She reminds me of Lana Del Elvis Presley, <laughs> kind of Lana Del Rey mixed with Elvis Presley. That's right. It's we can create a kind of a two-headed monster, a cork Elvis. <laughs> I would love to be a bloody cork Elvis. I mean, if they came to me with that, but you I know would what I mean. Me but like, you're just standing there, this piece of meat on stage, going. I'm a Cork Elvis now, am I? Yeah. A female Cork Elvis. You just no, don't uh, know who you are. Yeah. At all. So who do they want you to be? Do they have, do, do they think? So I, they want mysterious, me to Mysterious, ethereal. Mysterious, mysterious. 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 New words. Mysterious. Fuck it, we'll say it, we're Cork. Mysterious is a word. Did you not and hear so the, is material. The Cork dictionary. The material girl, did you ever hear of word? No. <laughs> they actually started a liar dictionary when I was doing the podcast with lads. They're like, you say so much words that actually do not make sense. That right? And that thing, and I was like, I'm going with it. 
I don't care. Yes. You don't need an education for this. But from Cork, you can make your own words. Obviously. Um, so it was dark, moody. They wanted me to have like dark, dark hair to be really pale. <laughs> now, for the listeners, the girl sitting in front of me here is blonde. Uh, Bleached she, to death, by the way. I obviously do have blonde, dark hair. And she's wearing a full, li- she's wearing a full lilac feather boa dress. I from mean, head yeah. to tolders, shoulders, she's feather boa. She, she looks like she looks like Big Bird on Pride Weekend. Yes, loving that. <laughs> I mean, could I literally be giving them the two finger any more no. than I am right now? Because yeah. when I'm on stage now, I talk my arse off because... On stage? Yeah. yeah. Because I, when I'm nervous, I talk a lot. Mm. When I'm on stage, Are you funny? I'm nervous. Sorry, I know, don't, I, don't, I, I don't want you to... I'm not trying to make you... To, uh, Don't worry, to, I won't take over your job. You're fine. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not trying to make you uh, uh, boast about yourself, but, 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 but is, is, is banter with the audience some yeah, of your? Yeah, definitely. Because like, like Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, like that's who I am. Like when I met my. Friends. You remind me of a female Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> Maybe fine by me. Maybe if we could give her Tourette's, we could have a superstar here. This could be huge. No comment. We could call her Lyra Fuck Bollocks. I mean, obviously, we don't say fuck bollocks because she has Tourette's. Dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> Simon, that is such a great idea. A female Tourette's Lewis Capaldi. I'm not saying anything. I love Lewis. I feel so sorry for that boy. Sure, I'm not slagging him at all. I think it's fantastic. I know, yeah. yeah. Did you see him in Glasgow? I did. That's I what nearly I broke my bloody heart. Yeah. He just wants to sing and he can't. Yeah. Well, obviously he can sing. But my like point is that. talking about him is his banter is legendary. Yeah. Ledge. Oh. oh. It's very funny. He's literally like made a career on it. He's a threat. Comedy yeah. wise. He is. He is a serious threat because he's just naturally funny. He's naturally yeah. so good. Yeah. And yeah. people naturally just love him. Yeah. He's adorable. He's just yeah. such a lovable yeah. guy. He's, he's, he's likeable. Yeah. 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 He's got the likeability factor. He does. Every type of factor he has. Yeah. yeah. Um... I am, I do, like, I just try and keep it as much me on stage as I can yeah. when I stop singing because, like, my singing and me are the same person, but, like, when I'm singing, I'm going back into where I was when I wrote the song, which normally is about a bloody breakup or something like that, so I'm normally, mm. like, depressed and angry when I sing, and then I just pop back into, like, hi, how's it going? I'm just yeah. the girl down down the road. <laughs> and they're like, are you okay, love? Tell me about writing songs, because I've always been fascinated by the th- process of writing a song. What do you write songs about and how do you write them? It's always about something that's happened to me. Okay. I've done it before where obviously like they shove you in rooms where you're co-writing and there's like yeah. 15,000 people in hard? there and you're just like, what in the name of God? Would you be a bit mortified? Morto.com. Like I'm like, I'm trying to tell you about this guy who literally dumped me from Tinder and I have to tell 15 strangers that are probably looking at me but like, are you right on? We just want to write a pop song. And I'm I like... Know. I'm like, okay, no problem. Then I'll just shut myself in the corner here. Yeah. So that way, yeah, it's it's absolutely cringe.com. I hate it. Mm. So that part doesn't work for me as an artist. It's just, it's not my vibe. So normally it's at home on the couch with my iPad. Yes, Mm. I am that girl on the iPad. People are like, hello girl, there's laptops nowadays. I'm like, I know, but it's just easier. Laptop, me. I put on like this thing called smart keys, get a chord progression going. But I know what I want to write that day. What's so like smart keys? It's just this thing on GarageBand where it literally just gives you like, instead of having to play like all the notes of G on a keyboard, you just press G and it just plays it for you. Yeah. It just, yeah, Lazy so it's days leading out. you down the, a road. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's prompting I, you. Exactly. Mm. And then I'm like, do I want to write a slow song today? Do I want to write a fast song today? Yeah. That's kind of, but it's always about the concept of what has happened that I want to write about. Because if I don't have something to write about, then I find it really hard to, I'm not going to make up a song. Because I find that really hard to, number one, be able to tap into emotionally to sing it. And number two, it just takes so much longer. So you're making up this fucking make-believe thing. Then people say, what's that song about? And you're like, well, I don't actually have a fucking clue because I made it up on the day. Yeah, so for you, (laughs) so for you, you're saying, I want my experiences and my emotions to drive what I might write. Have you ever written in a state of high emotion? Yep, I did. How did that work out? Awful. Yeah? So bad. I got too angry writing it yeah. it turned into this song that I just sounded like a bitter bitch mm. and I was like girl grow up mm. like 
Maybe no that one, should have been called a yeah. song. Girl, grow, grow up. up. Yeah, bitterbitchtour.com. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I say .com after yeah. everything. Anyway, um, it was too much. So, number one, I don't think I emotionally was ready to actually visit that situation at all. Mm. So, it took me two days to write one ballad, which normally would take about a day. Yes. And then, as I said, the lyrics were just, they were almost too personal to the point where, like, people won't get it because they weren't, there they didn't go through it so yes. I kind of had to like bring myself back and step out of it again and then I revisited but it, it was six months down the line What so, do you write songs about? So Oh got touchy here have I? So, you said for example a Tinder breakup was that true? Yeah one there Now tell me about that what was the Tinder breakup? So I was well, I thought I was seeing this guy anyway. Like, I'm like kind of have one shift and I'm in for a penny and for a pound walking down the aisle pushing out babies. How's your mam? Kind of vibes. Like, that's Marshall.com. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, when am I meeting your mam? So, and they're like, get away from me, girl. Right. So you're the bunny boiler. <laughs> okay. Not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> Bunnyboiler.com. Dot com. You said yes. you started the dot com. I know it's so addictive. To I've say already that. looked up Marto.com and cringe.com and your just face comes up all the time. I'm dead. Dot com. Anyway, <laughs> so um, anyway, I I was like, grand, whatever. Like this is a thing, obviously. And then my friends were like, you know, your man swiping me in Tinder and matching everyone left, right, and centre. Do you know that? And I was. Morto, obviously, I was like, that's cringe. So then I was like, you know what? If he's looking at other people, then maybe I just need to be like, I need to pretend that it doesn't bother me. I need to be that cool, kind of like so laid back. You do your thing, boy, kind of vibe, and get myself a little old push up brag of the girls, you know, day out. And maybe he might be like, oh, I prefer your one over the other ones. And then I was comparing myself to people I didn't even know. And then I just sat down one day and I was like, are you for real? Are you actually for real trying to compete with something that? You have no control over. So I was like, right, that's it. Your man needs to get dropped like a hot snot. So I wrote a song about it, but I didn't want it to be like a sad vibe song. I wanted it to be kind of like sexy and empowering for me. So I wrote Falling and that's how she came about. Okay. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love the fact that you love your own song. I do love that one. When I sing that on stage, I just, I feel very proud of myself. And I don't say that normally. Like I'm very like, I don't give myself many compliments I'm very harsh when I look back at myself on like photos, videos, everything. I'm learning to do this. I'm learning to self-love a bit more than I normally do. I don't even, so I saying think that to- is yeah, good. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Listen, I'll, I'll share with you some some um, similar. I, I t- sometimes I listen to a sketch I've done for tomorrow morning. I listen to it in the evening before it goes out. So I have to listen to it like really with a big pair of headphones on, on, curled up on the couch. I'm trying to listen to it as an audience member. Sometimes my wife will walk into the room and she goes, there you're doing it again and I went what you're laughing at your own stuff and Great. I went and I went I'd go but if I if I don't find it funny how will everybody else yeah so I can't be I must find it funny myself that's yeah. why I wrote it yeah that's why I wrote the sketch because it made me guffaw it made me laugh out loud and so that's my test did it make me laugh did I find it funny yeah that's my thing so that's me kind of hopefully getting out of the idea of going what do I think people might find funny mm. Instead, I just go, what do I find funny? Yeah. And, or a couple of people that are close to me that I that I trust. Yeah. You know, so that's the test. So it's no harm loving your own work. No harm. And like, I'm the worst person when I get my demos in. It could take me about two days to listen to it because I'm so cringed out to listen to myself. Uh, okay. But I know I have to do it because yeah. obviously I have to give notes on production or uh. the mix or some of that. But there is certain songs that when I'm on stage and I'm singing them, I'm like, yeah. I love this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever gone through a period where you've been particularly pro- prolific in how many, like, for example, I'll tell you, that you know, this famous story of Dolly Parton writing Jolene and um, I Will Always Love You in One Day. Did you ever hear no, that? No, I didn't. In so, one day. One day. Holy guacamole. What a what? day that was. What a day. Cash she, me outside. She wrote Jolene in the morning and she wrote I Will Always Love You in the afternoon. What? Wow. What, what kind of coffee does she have? Yeah. But have you gone through a period where you've been felt particularly creative or, or or the opposite? Have you gone through a period where you've gone, you know, it's been feckin' three months now and I haven't written a song and I... You know what? So, obviously we all had COVID. That time, creatively for me, I just, I didn't like it. And everyone's like, oh, just write. I'm like, I've nothing to fucking write about. I'm sitting here in my pyjamas. I'm yeah. watching 
TikToks of people dancing and baking banana bread. What's <laughs> what's what's going to inspire me here? Shit songs here. I was like, that's it. But there was one point, right? So that big massive breakup. So after that, I couldn't write because I was getting too emotionally involved in everything, and everything was angry and everything was sad. And but after about six, seven months of that breakup, it's like I became happy to be by myself again. And it was so empowering that it kind of just unlocked this, I don't care anymore, this is my life. I've spent six months crying every day. And I just snapped. And I had a week where I wrote like four really great songs that are all going to be released. And then I had a two-week trip to LA. And it's like, I went to LA for the first time and it was a time where I was a single woman and I felt so independent and free. And I was living this life that I used, had never lived before. Like I was always in a relationship. I always wanted to have that connection with somebody. I always wanted to feel love. I always wanted to feel like somebody had my back. I was never on my own. Whereas now I was on my own and I was excited about it. And I was getting to have nights where I was going out. And if somebody wanted to flirt with me, I wasn't like, I have a boyfriend, leave me alone. I was like enjoying expressing myself and finding new people and having fun mm. for once. Mm. And when I went to LA, I wrote these songs that I never thought I would ever write. And they are so sexy and I wouldn't consider myself a sexy person, but like this sexiness just was oozing out of my songs. Mm. And like, even when I listen to them back, I'm like, wow, like... One Girl, of them is sexy. very Rihanna-esque and I'm like, who the fuck did I think I was yeah. that day? And I loved it and it was the best feeling in the world. Do you feel that, um, do you know the idea of, 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 of like David Bowie, for example, being in character? Mm. Do you ever think about that? Or do you write always as Lara or do you ever in your mind, Lyra, or do you ever, you, do you ever imagine become somebody else like almost to write in character or because you almost suggested it there yeah that you, you all, didn't recognise that person that wrote this that was this sexy it's always me like I'm always the person but okay. I suppose in that one time in that area of my life I was I felt like I was someone else because I had changed so much in my personal life to a different life so, I, it's so hard to explain like I went from a woman who is, as I said, always in relationships. Yes. That was me. Like I was a serial dater. Yes. And I went into finally being okay to be by myself. Yes. So I felt like a different person. So I wrote these songs and I was going out to LA. Like I got invited to Soho House in LA. I was like, sorry, are they going to let me in the front door? But they did. That's and like it a was, posh club, right? It was so posh. It was unbearable. And everyone in there was just so sexy without even trying to be sexy. And I was just like, I felt like I was just in a different world, in a different headspace. And I went to the shoot the next day and I wrote about it. And I loved the song. And when I listen to it now at home, it brings me so much joy that I had that experience in my life that I let my hair down. Mm. And by God, you can see that this hair is long. Yeah, that's long, yeah. She got let down and she was out, out for two weeks. That's like my daughter's. <laughs> it's very like my daughter's hair at the moment. It could be your daughter's hair as extensions. <laughs> well, she's only 10, so she's been growing it since she was one. Oh, wow. So, so uh, But it's it's a fantastic head of hair now. Um, I'm trying to see if I could get it here, but I can't. Um, anyway, so what is your life now, uh, Lyra? What is, what, tell me a week in the in, in your life, a, a week in, in, in your life. At the okay, moment. I'm going to tell you this week because this week is the, the coolest week Oh, ever. brilliant. Well, that's a perfect example. So, on Again, Sunday. Again, I would remind you, she's in front of me. She's wearing lilac feather boa <laughs> from head to toe. Her hair extensions are long. Long, long. She's singing about being sexy and proud. She's dead.com, mortar.com, cringe.com. And she's going to tell me about her week. Don't forget boilerbitch.com. <laughs> Bunny boiler. Bunny boiler. <laughs> boiler <com>. bitch. <laughs> so tell us about your week. So on Sunday, took a little old train up to London and I went to Hyde Park because I was opening for Pink and Gwen Stefani. Shit! I nearly died. You opened for Pink? Yes. She is a brilliant artist. Unbelievable. Like, she had, like, trampolines. She was, like, slingshotting herself into the crowd. It was on... Like, it was eye-opener. And, like, just being in that, like, 
ambiance of like what happens when they're on the road, like the catering. I haven't even been to restaurants that good. Yes. Like there, it was just everything. Like had me on a little like little caravany thing with air conditioning in it. Normally they're like, you're getting changed in that toilet. <laughs> see, see you on stage. Like it was just a different world. Yeah. So I got to that for the day. I mean, it was 29 degrees. I was wearing a silver dress, silver tie boots and silver gloves. Have you got any pictures of it? I do, yeah, somewhere. And I literally, I was like a roast Christmas turkey up there. I literally was like, because I was sweating. Mm. I turned around to my drummer at song three and I was like, I'm going to puke. And he was like, oh my God, hold it in. How, was long, like a, how long was your set? How long did you do? 45 minutes. Wow. But it was just the sunshine, 29 degrees yeah. in silver. Good vibe. I mean, oh, unbelievable. And obviously because she's bougie, they had like the catwalk thing down the middle and they were like, oh, if she wants, she can use the catwalk. Oh. And, I, and I was like, oh no, I probably won't. I'll be too embarrassed. Halfway through the first song, there's you on, down the catwalk by. <laughs> I was like, woo! Yeah, the yeah, smallest yeah. Victoria's Secret model ever. <laughs> um, so that was amazing. And then afterwards, they invited us into like this box area. So we actually got to watch Gwen Stefani mm. and Pink from a box. Mm. I'm like, who the hell do I think I am? Mm. So that was amazing. And then I came back here and then I opened for a stinging blondie last night. Okay. Which is Where was was so good. In Malahide Castle. Brilliant. I mean, I want to be blondie when I grow up. Blondie? Yeah. Jeepers. She walked on stage, right, in a red suit, red tie, red high mules with a gold heel. Her hair done lovely, gorgeous makeup and opened with the Hocus Pocus song. And I was like, oh my God, she is calling me from the dead. I am here. She was so unreal. good. like, And she's still doing it. And she's still... She's still in good voice. Still great voice. Heart of class. Band's amazing. Songs are epic. Like... The songwriting back in the day oh, yeah. is just a different kettle of fish. Songs, Let's just say that. songs are just epic. Epic. And then Sting came on with his little Britney Spears mic playing his guitar like voice that could Shit. melt butter. Yeah. On. Did he sing, um, did you, were you there? Did you, did you watch it? Of course I oh, sorry, did. did you watch it? Did he sing um, Every Breath You Take or Don't yeah. Stand So Close To Me? Yeah. All, all the crackers. Really? Feels of Gold. Feels of Gold, right. There we go. He actually watched the second half of my set. And Blondie watched as well. I love it. And she was like, I love that girl's catsuit. She looks amazing. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. God. I was like, did you record it when That's she said lovely. that? And she mentioned me on Lyra. stage. I nearly died. I fucking love that. I literally couldn't get my phone out fast enough. I was like, she just said my name. It was pretty <laughs> cool. Can you just do it again there, Blondie? Sorry, can we get a repeat? Sorry, it would be brilliant if we could rewind humans. I mean, yeah. We can rewind TV. We can now rewind radio. Globe. Uh, say, we could rewind, rewind humans. Sorry, I just want to rewind you there for a second. I would definitely rewind some of my exes anyway. <laughs> Press delete on that. No one needs that recording. <laughs> Bye-bye. Go on, so that was two, that's two days. That's two days. Today, right. I'm in with your glorious Well, self. Mario Rosenstock podcast. Exactly. Get to have yeah. the fun and then I get to go down to Cork and see my sister and her kids, which I'm obsessed with and everyone's probably sick to me talking about them, but I'm a massive family person, so that means the world this to me. So, so cool. it's a great it's day. So cool. So, so what's, where, where, tell me then, that's the week in the life. Tell me about your career at the moment. Where is it going? Where is it heading? Where, what, what are your, what are your outlooks at, at, at like, what, you know, what do you want to achieve? Well, or uh, what have you got your eye on? So I actually, yesterday when I flew over, just got a bounce back for my next single that's coming out. Which what's I'm a bounce back? So, um, sorry, just a, a mix of it. Yeah, they sent it back so, to yeah. you. Right? Yeah, okay. So, um, that was really exciting because I think I finally stopped annoying the producer and I think I'm happy but now I'm normally like can I get this can mm-hmm. I get that and he's like Jesus we're wept here comes your mm-hmm. with her PowerPoint production notes anyway has to be done right has to be done so I think I'm finally at the point now where I'm happy to let it go to mix and master which means we're getting very close to a release date right so we are hoping for August and now that I say it out live, they have to bring it out in right. August. Yes. <laughs> Everybody in LA listens to this podcast, by the way. Yeah, so. basically, I'm getting my way now by giving myself my own release date. They're like, that's too fucking early. Anyway, so that's going to happen, which I can't wait for. And along that, we're lining up a whole lot more singles because we are putting an album together, which I've been hoping for since I started my musical career. But obviously... I just was unlucky that I was at the brink just before that bloody COVID struck us. Yeah. So I had to almost like restart myself again. I feel yeah. like I've had a lot of restarts. Maybe yeah. you can rewind people because I feel like I've been rewound about three times in my career. Yeah. Anyway, 
So this is the fast forward button yeah. and I'm ready to bloody go. Yeah. So that's me recording wise. Yeah. I'm always writing 24 7. Yeah, I love that. That just happens I because that. I have to. And do you write anywhere? So, for example, you know, uh, Paul McCartney wrote, wrote yesterday on a bus, right? And he just, he was on a bus and he just found a piece of paper and he didn't know, he just found it, he found the melody. La la la. And he called it scrambled eggs because he didn't have any yeah, I did words. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, so they just, any words that have the scan. So he, he just called it scrambled eggs. La, 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 la. And then, so he writes anywhere. Do, do songs come to you anywhere? Yeah, so uh, The Middle Eight of Falling, I actually wrote on a train. Mm. And it was a full carriage and I was there with my voice. I was on my phone like, I taste her lips because it's very yeah. thick and high. Yeah. So I was like, um, so I do that a lot. Yeah. It's normally when I'm in the shower. I don't know why. It's because you just forget about everything. So you're just like acoustics. washing yourself. And there's acoustics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I seem to think of a lot. Yeah. Me shower as well. Yeah. yeah. One annoying thing, and I know this sounds so weird, right? But people are definitely going to think I'm definitely a weirdo now. I'm so sorry. This is very weird. Oh, God. I don't know if I should say it. Okay. Sometimes... I'm going to sound like I'm from Inception or something. I'm not. But sometimes when I'm asleep, I'll be dreaming about like either being in the studio or being on stage or something. And I'll be singing a song. But it's not a song that I've already written. So it's just like a song. Yeah, that's totally And sometimes normal. it will just come that way. That's totally normal. But then you have to wake up and probably get your phone in the middle of the night and be like... La, la, la. And if yeah. you have anyone beside you, especially if it's yeah. a bloody one eye sand, they're like, weirdo, weirdo, evacuate, evacuate. <laughs> She's singing to me in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are. She's singing the next number one single in America to yeah. me. I got the sneak preview. I get that. I'm like, that song's but called you know Sex why that in the is. Morning, by the way. You know hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> you, know why that, um, you know why that is, Lyra. I mean, your brain is a peculiar, uh, spongy... Um, creative thing right Mm -hmm. and a lot of times when you're in sleep it goes to various different places including your subconscious and all that and there's another place that it goes to do you know this peculiar time in the morning it often is like sort of like around five o'clock where you're between that time of sleep and awake Mm. you're you're, you're not either asleep or awake do you know that one yeah that's a really weird place to be and a beautiful creative place to be because you're actually awake but you're asleep as well that's probably when it happens then yeah and peop- you think of things and it's like um, then you go in you might go in the next day and say it to somebody and go is that any good? And often it is. Yeah. But you know the way when people go oh I had six pints last night or I had ten pints last night and I came up with a song that's always shite. Yeah. Usually. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's and like have a glass of red wine I'm like dad you see me on, on red wine. <laughs> I mean white's even worse. I mean oh my God it'd be like a scream yeah. album. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah sometimes Okay so hold like on that. you write about relationships. Yeah I do. Yeah. Do you write about anything else? You wrote about your nan. I wrote about my nan. I've written about my mam giving me advice when I was growing up about like, mm-hmm. I used to be a bit out there. And some people, you know, they don't like that. They're, you know the saying like, who does your one think she is? Yep. That. I had that a lot growing up. So I was always like dulling myself down a lot to not get that and for people to like me. And then... My mum's like, you're a miserable girl. Cops have fun. Just be you. You never. And she said to me, be the best version of yourself because you never have to apologise for being you. And that's the way she put it. So obviously then I had to write a song about that and her. Um, I wrote a song about going out with my friends because they were like, you've songs about every Joe Soap except for us. And we, they've picked me out of so many holes. I swear to God, I, I can't even remember. So I wrote a song about them. Hmm. And then I wrote that those songs about single me and party me and then I've written songs about being absolutely heartbroken and being really angry at my ex and then being really happy that my ex broke up with me because of where I've got to so like I've written about a lot of it Do you ever feel guilty after writing a song? Um, Yeah yeah. I do You obviously know what I mean then Yeah I do and one of them it's supposed to be on the album and it. I know it's a fantastic song. Yeah. I am so scared yeah. because... Maybe that's a really, really great one then. I know, but I'm just like, oh, holy God. I feel now that I'm past the point of when I wrote it, when I was angry at him for what he'd done to me. And now I feel like, you know what? 
it's his life, it's his choice. And if that's what he thought about me, that's what he thought about me. And I, mm. I don't want to be mean to him, but now the song's already written. So I'm like, sorry mm. about that. That was when I was angry with you. Now I'm happy with you, so don't listen to it. Mm. <laughs> but maybe I just have to let yeah. it go. I'm thinking about him, I suppose, more than he would think maybe. about me if it was the other way around. Yeah. So maybe I just need to let go and just be like, look, I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah. that is how I felt at that point. And I was extremely hurt. And you did say those things to me. And if you're mortified because you said them, maybe you shouldn't have said them. There is also the line that you're an artist as well. Yeah. And, you know, there is that there is that artistic line. Yeah. That what goes into your work is your work. Yeah. And some of it or all of it may be true. Some of it even might be fictional or added. But that's fine. Yeah. It's your, it's your work. It's, yeah. It's, it's art. Not everything in art is true. It comes from a, scra- a grain of truth. Do you ever get that when you hang out with your friends that they'd be like, Jesus, we have, don't say that in front of your man. He'll have it in his next sketch. Would you ever get things like that? Oh, I do, yeah. I do, yeah, yeah. Or somebody's talking to me and going, are you listening to me now? Like, <laughs> and soaking this all in, sponging me all in. Am I going to be on the next album there? Or oh, on yeah. The next, yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who cares? We're all there for each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, we're all Let's sponges sponging off. We're all sponges sponging off each other. Exactly. Um, well, it's all very exciting, Lyra. It's all it very is. exciting, I must say. And um, I can't the thing about this podcast is sometimes people uh, ring into the podcast, you know, because I have people standing by ringing into the podcast. And uh, so so there's some people waiting to talk to you there. OK, yeah, so, fantastic. So, so, so Roy Keane's on the line. Say hello. So, hello, say hello, Roy. <laughs> How's it going? Absolutely delighted to talk to you. Um, I never knew we were at an airport together, you said. We were, yeah. What was the airport? Cork Airport, boy. Where were you going? I was going over to England recording. You were getting on one of those flights that had the propellers on it. Yeah, so I, I don't know where you're going. I was going over to Sky Sports. Why didn't you come over and say hello? Because I was scared out of my life, right? Scared of what? You looked very cranky that day, I'm not going to lie. And I saw somebody going up asking me for a photo and Did you I said a, no, so I wasn't going up after of him. I said no, it wasn't you. I was waiting for you to come over. <laughs> he was, yeah. I was waiting for you to come over. Oh, Roy, you're a legend. I do it saying the next time I see you now, I want a photo, Did right? I have a beard or was I clean shaven? You had a beard. And the wonder you were scared. Yeah, you had a beard. Yeah. You were still hot though, I'm, I'll give it to you. You I'll weren't the one in, in, in the cockatoo costume, were you? No, the cockatoo was at home that day. I was in the chicken yeah. outfit. You were swiping on your phone. I remember you in the corner just swiping. On. You were crying, actually. <laughs> you were shouting bunnyboiler.com into the phone. The security had to come over and take you away. There was feather boas flying around the place. All I saw was feathers being thrown in a bin. <laughs> dead. I'm dead. Sorry, who else? Oh, dear. Keith Duffy's on the line. Do you know Keith Duffy? I do, yeah. Uh, boys on, say hello. Hi, Keith, how are you? How are you, Lyra? <laughs> Lyra, I am a huge fan of your work. Oh, thanks. We should do a duet sometime, Keith. Oh, I would love that. I really think your vocals are amazing. Well, my vocals are underestimated. I know. Now. Aren't we all? I have a number of fish in the pan. A number of fries on the coals. I have a number of things going on because you cannot always rely on your singing career. So I have a tyre business called Tyreland. We come to you. You don't come to us. I also created a business during COVID. My question to you is, if your singing career goes, i.e. belly up, is there anything you can do on the side, buddy? I mean, there's plenty of things I can do on the side, but I just don't know if I should air them in public. But if you were a business person, what would you be doing? I would be doing the feather boa brigade, basically. All clothes out of feather boas. That's it. Harry Styles would be my number one customer. Away I go. Oh, fantastic. That's it. That's brilliant. That was Keith Duffy. Really Louis Walsh is on the line. Say hello. Lulu, how are you, bye? Oh, Lyra, it's just incredible. I, listen to you know you remind me of a white Rihanna. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Thanks, Louis. And I really, really appreciate it. I mean, you need new management. Well, you're best friends with Caroline, so I don't think she's going to be very happy to hear that. Caroline is making a huge mistake. She's concentrating too much on Hosier. It's all about Hosier. She's taking him to church too much. She needs to take you to the bank. That's your next song. Take me to the bank.com. Maybe I could do a duet with Hose. Hose? I can't believe you know him. Only three people in the world know him as Hose. I know him as Hose.net. Dead. I can't wait for Caroline. He to reminds hear that. me of an Asian Rihanna. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> Sorry, I've lost it. Even my analogies and my comparisons have gone now. <laughs> Simon, what do you think? Just get me some more facial reconstructive surgery and shut up. <laughs> Simon needs more Botox. We all do. <laughs> good callers, I have to say. You've attracted very, very I mean, high level. Very good. I'm obviously, I'm up there with the A-celebs. Yeah. I really am. Absolutely yeah. high level. I was yeah. expecting that, to be quite honest. High levels of callers. <laughs> very high. Listen, I've been really blown away by your uh, presence. It's, oh, you're, 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 really, you're a really fresh person to be around. That's great. But a deodorant doesn't go far, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's partly the lilac uh, feather boas. This, this uh, is it. You know, but, it's a showstopper, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and it also... That could be your pajamas as well. Yeah, good. After all, I know it is. It actually, it, but the thing is, it's roasting in it. <laughs> I know. It's fucking roasting. Listen, it's been my pleasure meeting you, um, and thank you for coming in. Oh, thanks uh, for having I me. I really enjoyed you. It's, you know what's so funny because when we were on the Late Late Show mm. together, yeah. and you done Christy Moore, yeah, I thought I was going to pass away on live TV laughing. I no. couldn't stop because I love Christy Moore, and my dad always says to me, he's like, "Lie." You remind me of Christy Moore so much. And when you started doing Christy Moore, I was like, I hope there is one day that you get up there and you start doing Lyra songs yeah. in a wig. I'll post you over some latex in my tie high boots. I'll be. And away you bloody latex go. Latex and tie high boots in the post from Lyra. And yeah. I'll put on Christy's voice while doing her. You oh, have I'm to. I'm falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and visualising falling. I could watch you doing that all the time. Visualising, visualising, falling. I was on Tinder, Tinder. She swiped, she swiped, she swiped, she swiped. A bunnyboiler.com. A bunnyboiler.com. <laughs> I love that. I bloody love that. I was I was like nearly airlifted out of there when you were doing that. I couldn't control airlifted. myself. Roy was sitting next to you probably like, are you all right, hon? Airlifted me dead. out. Airlift me out, lads. It was so good. And he's a Lyra fan, Christy. Yeah, yeah. How weird is that? Yeah, he probably likes your, the, the fact that you're real. Yeah. And your feather bows. Although he should start wearing feather bows now for fuck's sake. Yeah, he really should. You know, all the the, the sweat would get into it. Oh, the They'd be all droopy. All the feathers would be so all... He's stuck to his you'd, skin. Well, you'd have to rinse them out and sort of <laughs> squeeze all the feathers. <laughs> Go on. Oh, thanks so much for having well, me. Well, well and my thanks to the wonderful Lyra from Bandon in County Cork for a fantastic hour of laughs uh, and skitting and chatting. Um, if you want to send me an email or get in touch, it's mariorosenstock at gmail.com. I read them all and I get back to 95% of them. Do get in touch with me with ideas, criticisms, constructive and outlandishly faunish praise. Craven, if you will. Um, thank you so much. Um, back same time, same place next week. Good luck. <laughs>